0: This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, June eighteenth, 2023, Fueled God's Way.
1: Good morning, Connection Church. Online, here in the sanctuary, wherever you may be, welcome, and isn't this just a glorious day to be part of God's creation, amen? Amen. And what a great day. So today we continue our study of some of the verses from the book of Romans. As we said last week, Romans is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote uh, to the church at Rome many years before he was actually there. He was there later under uh, house arrest. But the overall focus of the letter that became the book is that we are saved uh, thanks to Jesus and Jesus alone. Uh, his righteousness, his sacrifice on the cross, we, we can't earn salvation and we surely don't deserve it. We're not worthy of it, but Jesus He is worthy of our praise and it is our faith in Jesus Christ that allows us to, well, to live through eternity with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit.
0: Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's a great day to be here, lots of celebrations. Wow, that baby is really cute. I just looked on my phone. Thanks for sending me the picture. God is so good. All right, let's go to God in prayer. Almighty God, thank you so much for today. It's a day of celebration. It's a day of maybe even some sadness, uh, thinking about fathers that may not be with us anymore or maybe the woulda, shoulda, couldas in our lives. But God, you are the perfect father, and we thank you. Now settle us in that right where we are, We can be laser-focused on you. Remove any distractions, God. We thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. Therefore, that's an interesting word, isn't it? It's a powerful word, therefore. It indicates that something has come before and that what I'm about to say is in response or reaction to that which came before. Therefore, there's an expectation there's an expectation that what follows will not just be in response, but will be the result of what came before. What follows will somehow bring full circle to what was previously said. Therefore, you know, in the New International Version of Scripture, we find that word 446 times. Therefore, that's, that's ten more occurrences than if you take all the hopes and all the faiths, and put them together. It's ten more than that. That that word's pretty important. We find it a lot in the Scripture.
0: Therefore, we should probably pay attention to it. Therefore. The first 11 chapters of the book of Romans, they tell us what to believe. In these verses, Paul sets forth the foundations of Christian faith. They point out that All people are sinful, and that we're in desperate need of a Savior, that we're forgiven through the blood of Jesus Christ. And Jesus died to forgive us for those sins, you and me. And in Christ, we find new life. When we submit ourselves, when we surrender ourselves, the old is gone. The new has come. There's there's a newness. We are freed from the chains that bind us from sin. And as we shared last week, we talked about this. But we also said again that there are second chances and third chances and fourth chances because of the great mercy and saving grace of Jesus Christ.
1: Mm-hmm. So those first 11 chapters of Romans, then we come to that first word of chapter 12, the word, therefore. And Paul shares with us no longer what to believe. That's what the first 11 chapters did. They told us what to believe. It gave us the theology. But after therefore, he teaches us how to behave. You get that? Well, it goes from what we believe to then how to behave. Behave. Paul begins here in chapter 12 giving clear practical guidelines for the believers. You know, it's one thing to to get it theologically, but it's another thing to live it practically. he, He was talking to the believers in Rome, but in extension, he's talking to the believers right here in Middletown also. As the Life Application Bible shares, the Christian faith is not an abstract theology disconnected from life. There's a relationship. There's a connection. It goes hand in hand. It's not enough to just know the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, we could be in five Bible studies a a week. We could have the Scripture memorized. But that's not enough if we don't uh, choose to put it into practical application if we don't live it out every single day of our lives. It's not just enough to know the gospel of Jesus. We must let it transform, there's the word, transform our lives and let God impact every aspect of life. And and through that, God then fuels our transformation.
0: That's what we've entitled this entire month as we've looked at Romans fueled because the word of God and particularly as we're looking at Romans that fuels us well let's take a look at the scripture we're in Romans 12 verses 1 through 2 and I'm just, we're gonna just look at right now verse 1 that begins with therefore <laughs> therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship.
1: Mm. True and po- proper worship. Worship. That's what Sunday morning's all about, right? That's what we're doing here in, in this space, right? Worship, right? praising God, singing praises to our Lord and Savior, praying with the help of the Holy Spirit as we talked about last week. You know, we might say, and we come out, that was some good worship this morning, wasn't it? When, when things are really cooking. You know what I mean. When you can kind of feel it, it's in the air. And, uh, well, songs were great. The prayers were uh, engaging. They were spirit-filled, emotionally charged. You know, that's, that's some good worship. And it is. It is good worship. It's powerful. It's engaging.
0: But Paul calls us, Actually, he uses the word urges. Paul urges us to worship, think about worship in a different way. Yes, it is so important that we come together as a body of believers to lift our voices to the Lord. The Lord loves to hear us together, and it's an encouragement to one another. But Paul urges us to think about this in a different way. Therefore, he says... That's in response to all that he said in the first 11 chapters. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. So it's like Paul's telling us, okay, put on some new glasses, and the new glasses are in view of God's mercy. All right, look at this a different way. He says, since God has been merciful since God has not given you what you truly deserve, Hmm. since God has offered salvation, that's new life, to each and every one of us because he sacrificed his one and only son, in view of God's mercy, Paul writes, I urge you to offer yourselves, your bodies, as a living sacrifice. Interesting. Sacrificing our own personal wants, our own personal desires, in order to follow God's desire for our lives and for his world to submit.
1: You know, it's always important to catch the context, you know, the context, where it takes place, what's the background, what's the backdrop, what... What are we seeing this against? And so, in this case, Paul's audience, he's writing this letter to the Roman Christ followers. And remember, previous to the Romans, the Romans were a great civilization, right? They ruled the world, but prior to them were the Greeks. Went from Greek to then Roman. And and, and the, 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 the Romans got a lot of their ideas from the Greeks and then continued. And And, you know, the Greeks... They didn't have an elevated uh, opinion of the body For them it was all about the mind uh, the spirit the, you know the soul the, the body was just uh, uh, what was necessary to carry the mind around <laughs> you know it, 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 they didn't elevate the, the, the body was lesser than and and so definitely it wasn't something that you would offer as a sacrifice. What good is offering something worthless as a sacrifice? That, that has, has no meaning. So, so Paul then is giving these Roman guys something new to think about. He, consider this new angle, so to speak. Because for the Christians, the body was as important as the mind, spirit, soul. I mean, the bo- God himself used a human body to visit us, to, to join us, to live with us. Come on. It's a very important thing. In the person of Jesus Christ, the body definitely celebrated. The, something valued, something worthy of sacrifice, something to be humbly offered to God from each of us.
0: And it isn't simply our bodies that are to be offered. It's what our bodies are capable of. It's the everything, everyday things we do everything that we go about, our daily routines, it's the work we do, whether it's in the office, office away, or office in our home office, or in a shop, or in a factory, or business, or hospital, or classroom, in the air, on the ground, Whatever it looks like, whether we're using our bodies to build new structures or tear structures down, whether we're using our bodies um, to teach or to correct, to challenge, to reward. See, it's all connected. However we use our bodies, the scripture says we're we're supposed to use it as an offering, as a living sacrifice. And when we do that, that is true and proper worship to the Lord. It's holy and pleasing to God. Mm. That's why we say that worship isn't just one hour on Sunday morning. Worship is a 24-7, 365 thing. Worship is is when we leave here and we're driving home in the car in traffic. Worship, we're supposed to honor and bless the Lord in every single thing we do. Mm.
1: And you know, not just when we're at work too, when we're at home cutting the grass, when we're sweeping the sidewalk, when we're oh, dusting the house. Even, even that, you know, is a worship of God. And then the question is, but why do we do this? Why do we do this? Do you think it's because it'll save us? Well, no, hello, we're already saved, right? We can't earn that salvation. Jesus took care of that by offering his life as a sacrifice for you and me. His body was worthy of that. Uh, It's by faith and faith alone in Jesus Christ and his saving grace that we find salvation. So, it's not for that. So, why do we do this? Consider this, and it's this a great day to consider this Father's Day. I love my kids. I love my kids. I love their spouses. I love my grandkids. I, I love them. And they can't do anything to make me love them anymore. You think to make me like them more, but not to love them more can't do anything to make me like them any less. You know, I I love them, pure and simple. Hopefully no strings attached. Unfortunately, sometimes we put... But I hope there's no strings attached. That being said, they do things to bring me pleasure. And they know that's not going to... It's not because they're going to get special points. Uh, Like today, we're going to celebrate all the dads in our family... Uh, you know, dinner time. It's not because it'll make us love the kids more. It's because they want to let us know that they love us. That that, that they want to bring us pleasure. Uh, they they want uh, to let us know that they're thankful for what we do. Not because it's going to get them anything, but because it gives us something.
0: Wow. So That's with cool. God, it is the same thing, only more. <laughs> We worship God with our bodies, with what we do, with who we are, not because it can save us. We might think it can, you know, rack up those brownie points, but that's not how it works. It's not how it works at all, because all that's been done. Jesus took care of that on the cross when he gave his life for us. But It's sharing, it's acknowledging in the joy that we receive from our salvation, that saving grace. That the blessings that God gives us just by another day, another breath. Whether things are going well or whether they're not going well in our lives, we still need to thank God for our salvation. That's the most important thing. And so we live our lives out we say this a lot as a thank you note to God and Paul urges us in view of God's mercy to give everything we've got to offer ourselves our very lives as a living sacrifice to God whether we're at work, whether we're at play, whether we're on the ball field, whether we're in the classroom, whether we're alone, whether we're in community with one another. Because according to Paul, and we we believe this, that is our true and proper worship of God when it becomes a lifestyle versus a one-hour-a-week thing.
1: So now we have to make a jump from the theoretical to the practical, from the talking about it to the doing it. You with me? You know, it's easy to talk, isn't it? It's easy to say oh, what we should do. It's a whole another matter to go ahead and do it. So so in the day-to-day, what does this look like? What we're talking about? I'll give you a couple examples. Well, these musicians up here, they're pretty good, aren't they? Yeah musicians and singers yeah man oh my gosh they do such a great job Alan but
0: you were up there on that or are you? I'm that not counting me I
1: mean everybody else come on um, I do think you're good though um, if you're a singer and musician though you're not just playing for God here but wherever you might be playing you're playing for God you're not in the sanctuary of the church You know, wherever you're playing we got a guy who plays on the on the ferry across the the bay you know Playing for God on on the ferry boat there. Um, If, if, you know, if you're a nurse in a hospital, it's for God's glory. If you're a teacher of, God bless them, uh, uh, kindergarten kids, (laughs) it's for God's glory. You see what I'm saying? It's not just what you do, but it's looking bigger. Um, If you cut grass for a living, it's pretty basic. You know, you're not just riding a zero turn, but you're cutting for God's glory. I think back when we lived in Seaford, there was a, a friend there who, who did landscaping and lawn care, and, and, and on his trailers that he carried his equipment on to get from place to place. you know, his, all, all his mowers and stuff, he had verses from Isaiah on, on his trailers carrying his equipment, proclaiming God's glory for all to see. You know, he made sure that it wasn't just a job. He was was God's servant out there even when he's cutting grass. If you're working in the accounts receivable department, you aren't just working for the company, but you're offering yourself and all you do as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Isn't that just awesome? What would it look like if in addition to saying, I'm going to church to worship God on Sunday morning, what would we, if we were able to say, I'm going to the office to worship God? I, 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 I'm going to the shop to worship God. I'm going to the studio to worship God. I'm going to the factory to worship God. I'm going to the hospital to worship God. I'm going to my classroom and with what i do i'm going to worship god i'm going to worship god with anything and with everything wherever i am wherever i'm whatever i'm doing i'm going to worship god wouldn't that be something wouldn't that be something
0: <laughs> now we know <coughs> that we're not all in environments Job environments that are always great. We might have a very taxing, a very hard place to work. We might have a boss who's unfair. We might not even like what we're doing. But that's especially when we can say, okay, God, use me, show me, show me something good. Help us look for the good versus everything that's wrong. Mm-hmm.
1: And help me be something good. And
0: help me be (laughs) something good. Because when we go about our business, our job, or even our retirement, whatever we do, when we do it as an act of worship, people notice. Now, we don't do it so people will notice, so people will say, oh, wow, look at, you know, there were, no, that's not it. Because that's the wrong reason. But when people go, or when they're doing their thing, and they're, living in a thankful spirit, even in the midst of a mess, people notice, and it's kind of like a magnet, like, wow. Okay, doesn't it lift up versus tear down? When you go to work, or when you, whatever you do, and you go thinking you're going to do it for God, it's hard to gossip. When you're Out doing something and you do it as a worship for God, it's hard to be negative. Are you catching what we're saying? Everything we do needs to be an act of worship, and when that happens, people can't help but notice, like, wow, there's something a little bit different because we're bringing everybody else up around us, not for our own glory. It all points to God even if we don't use words. Amen? Amen.
1: Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Then we come to verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. In the original Greek we have the word, "siskematizo." Everybody say, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Anybody use that word in the last two weeks? No, me neither. matizo. it means literally, to, to conform to a pattern or a mold. Paul is telling his readers here not to conform to a pattern or mold of the world. Do not fit into the world's mold. Because the mold of the world is not the mold that God would want for us. The world mold is ever-changing, relative, not absolute, what is true today might not be true tomorrow in the world mold. In the world, things are ever revolving, ever evolving. Shifting sand, always changing, never stable. Nothing you can rely on for certain for sure. Do not conform to the world view, the world's way of looking at things, the world's reality, what the world sees as the truth.
0: Jesus the same yesterday today and tomorrow that's not shifting sand that's just a firm foundation and so we look at this word therefore we're looking at the word transformed now transformed by the renewing of your mind what does that really mean let's look at the word transformed transformation is is a radical change Radical. A change so much that you might not even recognize what was before and what has become. When we think about the chrysalis that turns into a butterfly, what a radical transformation metamorphosis. Another example is in the Gospel of Matthew where uh, Jesus and Peter and James and John, they go up to the The mountain of, they call it transfiguration, because Jesus was transfigured. He shone like glory. I can't even imagine. And that transfiguration pointed to something even more beautiful. It elevated the beauty. I didn't get permission for this, but I'm going to share it anyway. Our uh, son-in-law, T.C., when Devin started dating him, um, you know, she was you know, pretty sold out for Jesus, and he was newer in his faith, and so he took the alpha course, and that's, um, you know, who is Jesus, why did he die, how do I read the Bible, and on Holy Spirit Day, it was who is the Holy Spirit, how can I be filled with the Holy Spirit? They were in their small groups and he was receiving prayer, which was like, oh, wow, look at that. Anyway, when he got up and he came to us, he looked at, and if you know T.C., he's like a man of few words. (laughs) But he looked at us and he goes, Miss Carrie, I'm free. And he looked different. He looked so different because he had experienced the transformational power and promise of Jesus Christ. And then I looked at Alan and I said, well, I think we're going to have a son-in-law now because that was important to Devin. So transformation. Paul here is calling us not to transform to the world, but be transformed so much so that our old self is so gone and our new self is here. We're not the center of our own little worlds anymore, but God is the center. It's complete surrender.
1: Transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's an interesting word. Renew. Renew. Made new again. And in, in Christ, we are... Made new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 The old is gone, the new has come. When we're in Christ, when Christ fills us, when, when Christ is the center around which we exist, we are made new. We are renewed. Our minds are renewed. William Barclay, in his commentary on the book of Romans, tells us that in the Greek, there are two words for new neos and Kainos. Neos is like a new car, a a new house, a a new baby even. It it involves a point of time, a point where that didn't exist and now it does exist. You get me? Like, uh, yesterday that baby wasn't in the world and now that baby is. It's new. Uh, That car wasn't in the driveway yesterday, it is now. It's new. That house was a pile of uh, wood, two-by-fours, and two-by-tens, two whatever, and stuff. It was just, a, and now it's new. It involves time, point in time. Kainos, K-A-I-N-O-S, on the other hand, I love how different languages, how they make these kind of differentiations, you know? Uh, here in the Greek where we have these two words for new. Kainos, on the other hand means new in terms of character or nature. Someone who was once a sinner is now on their way to becoming a saint. That's no, not so much it didn't exist and now it's a, it's a, it's a transforming thing. It's a, a newness in in what was there, a new new realization. And so when Christ comes into our lives, we are made new. Our minds are different. Our minds are transformed as the mind of Christ is in us. It's a kainos, kind of new.
0: And when this happens, we are able, as the scripture says, to test and approve what is God's will. We're not as focused on our own will, but we're focused on what God's will, God's purpose, God's plan is for our life And there is such a newness in that, that God will empower us and guide us and give us the direction that we need. No longer will we insist that it has to be our way, but it's God's way. The Hebrew name for God is Yahweh. And so it's no longer my way, but it's Yahweh.
1: Romans 12, 1-2, New International Version. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will.
0: That is our choice though. God gave us free will and so we have a choice. Jesus saved us through his death on the cross. Death did not win. He rose to be with God the Father, his Father, in heaven. And so what is our response to that going to be? As we put on these new, new glasses, um, in, as we look at um, his perfect and pleasing will through the mercy that he gives us, what else can we do other than say thank you and live it out, live our lives out, our bodies out as a holy and living sacrifice to the one who formed us, created us, calls us and asks us to share the good news of the gospel to all. What about you? What about you? Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. This is the good news. Let's believe it and let's live it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for this word found in Romans. The way that you want a new way, a different way for us. That you want to For us to experience transformation of our minds and to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice that is worshiping you, not just right now, but every day in everything we do, no matter where we are, no matter who we are with. And so we thank you, Lord. Give us the strength and the courage to live this out and pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church, Connect the people to Jesus and the new life he offers.